Good afternoon, everybody. Tell that the semester is done with. A lot of the students have gone home, and we're going to have the, the smaller summer crowds, but it's good that everyone's here. I want to focus today uh, primarily on that passage from today's gospel, Jesus at the Last Supper, speaking to his apostles when he says, I have called you friends. I have called you friends. What does this mean? I mean, in a certain sense, in our own minds, we, we know what friendship is. We know what it means to be a friend, the different types of friends. But specifically, what does it mean to be a friend from Jesus' perspective? Not what we should be towards Christ, but when Christ says, I am your friend, what does that mean specifically? And so I've been praying about it over the course of the week, and I'd like to sort of maybe use my own experience. I think it's somewhat valid for us to take our own experience and see how it might relate to Christ and the gospel. I don't think it's just my own specific experience. Any of us could take our own experience and relate it in this way. To be able to understand better what Christ's friendship with us looks like. And I want to use my own friendship, specifically the friends that I've developed here and the relationships over the course of the past 11 years. Parishioners, students, staff, benefactors, all of whom now, after so many years, I can call friends. And so this is the first thing that I've come to realize and I think is probably one of the most fundamental aspects of friendship. Jesus enjoyed being with his friends. He enjoyed the time he spent with his apostles, whether it be apostles, Mary Magdalene, all of the people he'd go out to have dinners with. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't a chore, even though I think Jesus probably did hate small talk. He enjoyed being with them. He looked forward to time spent with them. He delighted in his friends. As I can tell you, this is true for my case. I am a quality time person, so I like spending time with my friends. And over my time here, I've had plenty of time to spend with parishioners, with students, with those members of the staff, all of them have become my friends. In fact, even though I still have friends outside of the parish, I often find myself during the course of the semester spending time with students or former students more than I do with my normal friends. It's part of my ministry, yes, that's what I'm here for, to be Christ to the students on campus, but it's something that I enjoy. Maybe going to have a cup of coffee, spending time in the restaurants, or going out and having a drink if you're over 21. That's what Jesus did. And this is what I have enjoyed doing. Now, like Jesus, I need my introvert time. I need to get away for some time. I don't want people to talk to me. Leave me alone. I'm sorry if I've ever been rude for doing that, but Jesus did it too. So that's the first thing. Jesus enjoyed, I really believe, spending time with his friends. The second one is a little bit more difficult to be able to describe or explain. It's something, though, that I've been meditating a lot on recently. 
Jesus died in expiation for our sins. He died to, to redeem us for the sins that we've committed. We know our, our sins led Jesus to the cross. And so it's very easy for us to focus on Christ's suffering on the cross and Christ died for our sins. But there's something else. There's a deeper level that I think we neglect. Christ's real suffering wasn't his physical suffering, but the fact that in his mind and in his heart, he descended into that experience of spiritual darkness, of God-forsakenness. When we feel that we've been abandoned by God or God is so far away from us, sometimes when we've sinned, Christ experienced that to a degree that we couldn't even imagine that he experienced it. He's still one with the Father. The Father was still always there. We believe that somehow mystically Christ had the beatific vision, but still was able to experience that darkness. But he experienced it for us, yes. He died for our sins. He entered into that, that state of darkness and God-forsakenness for us. But more importantly, he did it with us. As our friend, Christ was willing to go into that darkness when we felt the most alone, most abandoned, to do it with us. And it's something that I've come to experience, and I think that every priest experiences. People rarely come to say, Father, I want to spend time with you because things are going great. No. I've had that. I've had a lot of great times. But so often as a priest, I have had to be there when the breakup happened. The end of the world, my boyfriend broke up with me. The death of loved ones. Someone failed a test. Someone's family broke apart. Individuals' own struggle with sin and loneliness and depression and alienation. I, as a priest, have had, and a friend, the privilege to be there with the individual. Some of you potentially even in here during those difficult times. When times when individuals felt completely unlovable. Can't, I've learned, oh, I learned that a long time ago. I cannot fix your problems. But I can be there as a friend to be with you, to be in that relationship, to try to show you the Lord's love and mercy. And so in the same way, that's the great miracle of Christ's redemption. He went there not just for us, but with us into our darkest places, into our struggles. Not to fix them necessarily, but to be there with us. And the third and finally, it's the phrase that really jumped out at me besides this one. Remain in my love. That word remain. Jesus in his friendship remains with us. He remains with us by becoming man and keeping his flesh. He remains with us after the resurrection. He remains with us in the gift of the Eucharist until the end of time. Jesus never abandons us. He never says, you know what, I'm tired of y'all, I'm getting on my nerves, I'm out of here. He never gives up on us. And I can know that, particularly as I've been reflecting on these 11 years and what the time is going to be like forward. And one of the greatest gifts that I've received in my time here at Wisdom is that 
when students start, when they're 18 years old, and they're young, and they're impressionable, and they're often stupid and ignorant, over time to see them grow. But over time, after they grow and leave, and they've been gone away, we still keep in contact. We remain friends. And so there are some students now that I remember them when they're 18, 19 years old. Now they're in their 30s. And we're still friends. We're not just, oh, I'm the priest and you're the little student. Granted, I'm still the priest. I'm still the pastor. I'm still the father. But there's a friendship. And that friendship does remain even after I leave here in wisdom, God willing, and the students leave here too. And so this is Christ with us. He remains with us. He doesn't abandon us. He's always there with us. But in conclusion, here's the one significant difference. In the friendship that I have with you or that you have with me, in a certain sense, there's a mutual choice. I, oh, I like Father. I'm going to go hang out with him. Oh, I like y'all. We're going to visit together. There's a mutual choice. But as we hear in today's second reading, it was not us who chose God, but him who chose us. And that's the real mystery. Christ chose us individually to love us and to be friends with us. He's the one on the playground when we're sitting around lonely and we're nerds and we don't have any friends. He walks up and says, I want to be friends with you. I want to be friends with you. That's a great, great mystery. The Lord doesn't need friends. He's God. He doesn't need anything. But that he would choose to search each and every one of us out to say, I want to be close to you. I want to be your friend, myself included. The priest is included in this too. I enjoy being with you. I'm willing to be with you no matter how bad things are, and I'm always going to remain your friend. He is the one who chose us. It's a great mystery, one that we celebrate during this Easter time. We celebrate the resurrection, Christ in his resurrected body. And that is the sign. That's the sign that all of the things that I said is tr are true. One day I'm going to die, you're going to die. And yes, we'll come back, but Jesus died and came back, which means he will remain. Which means he is the light in our darkness. Which means that he, in taking that body and keeping it, surely must enjoy being with us, because now he's going to be with us for all eternity. Keep that in mind in our own prayer life, in our own development, in our spiritual life. It's not about us having an obligation to pray or an obligation to be with Jesus. He has chosen us and delights and desires to spend eternity with each and every one of us. Amen.